I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The Liberals and Conservatives want to play a political game and score points. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story. We're facing a shortage of housing right now. And that's why prices of homes have become far too high. You said that the price of homes are far too high. Does that mean you'd like to see house prices come down? I think one of the things that we know uh, is that prices, uh, house pricing, cannot continue to go up. Why? Who's he to say? All righty, it is time for me to bring my friend Tom Korski into the conversation, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. Because I'm sure you got the, the, the same kind of question in mind when you heard that is... What's he talking about? An eye on that one, Alex. That starts to sound like price controls. You want to keep a very sharp eye on that. I know you are. That's why we paid attention. I fell off my chair when I heard the Prime Minister's comments speaking to reporters in London. Um, uh, That starts to sound like price controls. Very, very, very dangerous. And uh, Mackenzie Gray of Global uh, asked a follow-up, because it clearly struck a few of them saying, what? And he wouldn't answer. So I don't know if it was just... Trudeau uh, getting mixed up in his spin, or if he truly believes uh, that that he or the government should have a say in how much uh, the cost of a house is. I mean, certainly they've kind of toyed around. Um, we've heard about capital gains or, or these things. Uh, but I, I, I don't think uh, it would go over well with average Canadians, Tom, average Canadians losing any value in their house because, you know, it's to suggest that only rich people, all these rich people with their houses, like, well, no, I mean, if you can't control the value of, of someone's house. Well, no, but this cabinet has a fetish for control. They like to control things. I I don't think I'm being unkind. When the prime minister says, Dad, government, we built housing before we can do it again, I don't think he actually understands what he's saying. I I don't say that to be snide. You know, Don Mills, Scarborough, Canada, west of Ottawa, Apollo Park in Winnipeg, we used to live in Stucco City in Edmonton, 107A Avenue. Those were all subdivisions that were built by builders, dropped in the middle of wheat fields in in 1946 to 1955. Well, look at all the post-war homes they built. This was it. And there there was a housing shortage with returning veterans in 1946 that will blow your mind. It makes today look like a picnic. Well, what happened? Did, did, did the prime minister impose price controls or opine? No. You know what? They, they started stamping permit applications. There was credible testimony in the day that there were builders who had approvals for entire subdivisions in an afternoon from the city planning department. Well, guess how you do that? Because you don't ask builders about gender language or about ancestral land claims or climate change. They just build houses. If you want to solve social problems, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't ask home builders to do it for you. That's why you say, how is it possible we have two and a half billion acres in this country and there would be a housing shortage because they won't let builders build homes it's that plain yeah uh, well clearly if, if uh, i think it's like six years the developers say is an average they wait to get permitted and zoning and all this other crap it, it's just ridiculous we've created this crisis out of bureaucracy but the prime minister didn't mind high priced houses when it was driving the economy i mean thank god they were high priced because i'm not sure what else he would have uh, uh, run the economy on Price controls never work. They are always disastrous. And it does speak, though, to this inability of local authorities and right up to what passes for a housing department here in Ottawa to get the job done. Mm. 
you don't have to give builders instructions on how to hammer nails and saw wood. They know how to build homes. I'm going to tell you something. I mean, this this will bring tears to your eyes. I once tracked down the one millionth home built under CMHC insurance, in uh, and it's in Scarborough. And I, I went to that neighborhood, I tracked it down, beautiful house, great big beautiful lots, lots of free parking, all the stuff the department environment hates today. The density was so low, all one level bungalows. I knocked on the door, I said to the lady, I said, do you know, I'm not a, I'm not a weirdo, I'm a reporter, <laughs> do you know this is the one millionth home built under CMHC? I said, the premier was on your lawn in 1954, there was a marching band. She said, you know what? She said, oh, you know, some people say the kitchen's a little small. This is 70 years after the fact. She says, we love this place. Mm-hmm. The kids love it. They built it so well. It was still purpose-built yeah. for families 70 years after the fact. Yeah. And now they're eight years in office. Eight years. Yeah. And they're, gonna have, they're coming up with a master plan on how to control house prices. Oh, you know how that's going to end. Well, you know, and and again, the CHMC coming out yesterday saying, oh, by the way, we need another another 3.5 million houses built. Another on top. Sure. They have to, essentially, we build about 200,000 a year in Canada. They have to build at least 400,000. Those figures are, I mean, that's Mount Everest. There's only one sector that's going to do that for you, and that's home builders. And you're going to have to get out of their way, but then you can't be carping about climate change. You can't be talking about sprawl or conformity. You can't be talking about ancestral land claims. But if you stop talking about that, Alex, well, that's the whole program for the last eight years. Yeah. Because they're the climate change guys. They're not the house building guys. Let's talk about the climate change guy. Um, I I think this is interesting because all we ever hear about from the left, Tom, is, uh, you know, the rich have to pay their fair share. And yet the environment minister himself, Stephen Gibold, didn't bother to pay it. Now he's, but he has now settled this five-figure debt of unpaid taxes. How does that fly? He's a cabinet minister. He's making, what was he making? Uh, 287000 yeah. Plus a car allowance of two grand. Plus, well, I don't know if he gets a condo or whatever. The guy's got money. How's he, how's he serving in cabinet but not paying his taxes? Uh, this was a long, this was a multi-year uh, tax uh, debt that he owed Revenue Quebec. It was interesting. You know, Steve, Steve Gibo's office doesn't take our calls because Shocking. we have a lot of questions. But I'll tell you. Has he blocked you? The, no, no, he hasn't blocked. He just, <laughs> he just <laughs> answered the phone. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Hello? <laughs> um, well, hold on. If you wait online long enough, Tom, just like the Bank of Canada, eventually you'll realize they don't answer your calls. God bless them. This tax debt, we only know because it was, a, it was an ethics filing, it's, it's over $10,000. Well, if you owe over $10,000 in taxes... That means you weren't filing tax returns. This may be go going back to his Greenpeace days. You know, Alex, I know this is old-fashioned. There was a time where that would bounce you right out of cabinet, let alone caucus. If you don't pay your taxes, you really probably shouldn't be running the government. I know, I understand that that's the old way of thinking, and Steve is the new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, that, that's really something. I, I guess it never occurred to him. You know, when you get the car and the chauffeur and the free flight to Paris for a climate change conference, someone has to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, generally. The little people. It's just the little people. Let them eat cake. Meanwhile, Elections Commissioner Caroline Simard uh, saying in her annual report of Parliament, uh, Parliament omitted all mention of China in updating its uh, investigations of alleged election fraud by foreign agents. And so Simard had earlier dismissed 
116 complaints of alleged interference. And this is prior to the expulsion of a Chinese spy. So Elections Canada, which reports to no one, answers to no one, has barely any transparency at all, comes out and says nothing yesterday about like one of the biggest issues facing our country. And like, like, they don't even have to explain. And we're just supposed to believe them that. <laughs> don't worry, they're in control. Sad. I, I, I was once inside uh, with two other reporters, one in British Columbia, one in uh, Israel, of all places. A legitimate case of uh, breach of uh, Elections Act involving foreign interference. And saw how the Office of the Commissioner of Elections works. It is pathetic. And I don't know why they don't shut it down. This is why we had to have an inquiry. Because these people didn't do their job. Her job, Commissioner Samarin's job, is literally to police elections and make sure there's no fraud. She submitted her first annual report as commissioner and somehow, inexplicably, managed to omit the word China. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't either. But she found a way. <laughs> this is why we have a, an inquiry, because all these we got a town full of regulators and pseudo police agencies. And Alex, they're not getting it done. But don't you worry, Tom. Our elections are oh. very sound. <laughs> they are. Just trust them. Right. I'm out of time. I'm afraid I'm out of time. But we will talk again. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you, Alex. Mr. Tom Gorski joining us here, and of course, Black Logs reporter, subscription-based, and always worth every single penny. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I'm going to say nothing, see nothing, tell you nothing, and elections can't. They can take years to investigate anything, and they don't have to tell you a damn thing. And you wonder why people are getting so cynical.